for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, September 25th, 2012, episode number 53 of Attack of the Androids, your weekly android podcast. My name's Matt Lee, your host, joined tonight by the technologically inclined comical musings of Joey Kelly. What's up, Joey? I bite, therefore I geek, therefore I am. I am... Tron. We got Shane Brady. What's up, Shane? Hey, guys. And also joined via the magical, mystical powers of Skype, Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, mine? I I feel my connection dying already, which means this is going to be a great show. Great show, as always. Join us on Tuesday evenings. AttackoftheAndroids.com slash live. We got a chat room here. We will be fielding Android-related questions. If you have any any issues, uh, you guys can always email show at AttackoftheAndroids.com or do what my bro, uh, Mr. Rasul, uh, did and just Facebook message me a question. We'll, we might as well just uh, we'll start the show off with that. I don't even know if if we can help this gentleman. Uh, he found me on Google Plus a while ago and is a fan of all the, the different podcasts that we all do. Uh, and he says, hey, bro, how are you? I want to ask you a question as you are an Android guru. I guess collectively, I, I'd say we know some stuff, just me personally, maybe not so much. But hey, we'll see what we can do here. Uh, he said, someone gave me a China-made, a Chinese mobile phone as a gift. Here, here's your gift, your new Chinese mobile phone. Uh, it's a copy of the original iPhone 4. It's fake. It's fake iOS sucks real, too, or looks real. Excuse me. It looks real, but it is fake. Uh, he says, I want to install Android on this phone. How can I do it, and which Android version can I install on this fake iPhone 4? Please, please help me out. Uh, and also tell me uh, how I can install Android on a blank handset, handset uh, means with no OS. So if you, you have an Android device that's just, what, it, nothing on it, right? Basically a blank, just some hardware. Here you go. Uh, how, how can I do that? Uh, what do I need for it? Any links or articles or websites? Uh, which would help me out would be awesome. Take care, uh, Mr. Rasul. I, I, I'll, I'll start this off, and then, Eric, if you want to chime in, um, it really, it's hard to say just off the top of my head, it, like, what hardware this thing is. I mean, there's so many off-brand off wannabe knockoff iPhones, and I'm not talking just about Samsung. I'm talking, like, you know, all these... All these other little companies. Take that, Samsung! Yeah, and hey, I like Samsung. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Stop it. 
Um, and, and then as far as, you know, the, the custom ROMs are going to depend on what, what hardware you're running, what kind of phone it is, what chipset it has, all, all that kind of stuff. So, um, maybe for future reference, if you want to have better answers for this stuff, let us know more in depth and maybe you don't know that. And I, I don't even know where to begin to tell you to look on this knockoff to where you could find that information. The best thing I could say is maybe there, there's a couple apps, uh, I think Phone Discovery or uh, I forget what it's called, Phone Explorer. And if you install that and run it, it'll tell you everything about the chipset, the manufacturer, I mean everything for all the, the hardware on your phone, the camera, uh, the wireless chips. It tells you everything basically. And then taking that information, you can make a, a good decision on what custom ROM to use. Uh, Eric, have you had any experience with any of these fake knockoffs and getting them to run Android? I, I've had a little. Um, I haven't. I wouldn't say that I've gotten one to run like my own custom version of Android because I think it takes more uh, programming and hacky skills than I currently have. Well, I'm not saying um, your personal version, but taking one like CyanogenMod or this Team EOS or or Vicious and actually getting it to work on on one of these. No, I haven't had any luck with that. What I what I'll say though is that in recent years, uh recent years being the past like 2 years, a lot of these Chinese knockoff phones have gone from running uh like jo- a Java, a weird like customized Java operating system right. to running Android because the manufacturers of these phones, it's easier for them. Um the fact that it looks like iOS uh, indicates to me that it might actually be running Android. Um, is it maybe... running MUI? Because yeah. MUI is one of the, the few that actually look pretty much like iOS. I've never messed with it personally, but I've seen you know the pictures of it. and it, It's pretty right on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is it, it could be MUI. There's a couple of other... Um, there's a couple of other uh, skins that I've seen that are not MUI but also look like iOS. It, so it could be one of those, and you could already be running Android. Um, a you know the easiest thing to do would be um, you can find the model number I'm sh- I'm sure somewhere on this device. Search for that and then Android and Google. <clears throat> see if that see if that gets you anywhere. Um, and then as far as putting Android on a blank handset, uh, it's a lot of what you're talking about, Matt. You it really depends on the chipset on um, the availability of drivers because right. even if even if your phone doesn't use, even if your phone is not made for Android, um, it might have uh, the same uh, processor or the same graphics chip as a different phone um, or the same wireless cards or, or wireless chip. So that would be maybe somebody else has put out drivers for it. Right. And um, when we're talking like blank like that, you almost that that's just strictly ADB, right? You have to get some sort of zip of a ROM or the operating system onto the device itself. And the only way to do that is by connecting it to your computer, going into this debug and typing commands. And I well, mean, that debug is, is inherent to Android. So if it's a blank handset, it wouldn't even have that. You'd oh, have to have true, some huh? sort of, uh, some sort of like service port or connection into the phone to load it. Um, which I mean, you're, if it's, it's Android, that's probably, what too chain? difficult for most of us. <laughs> I mean, is there any such? I mean, is there even 
a blank phone out there. That's what I was thinking. Like you would just do factory reset on whatever the device happens to be. Then you'll know what it's supposed to be running, and then you can make a better decision on what you want to wipe and put onto that. Yeah, I, I don't but, think you need to worry about what the OS is on there. If it could be, if you can put a ROM on it, you can just blow over whatever is already on there. Well, yeah, but how do you know? I, I don't know. I'm almost thinking like you would have a better chance rather than it being bricked or blank or whatever from than starting with whatever was on it. That way you can go from there. And yeah, you'll obviously be wiping everything anyway. Look at look at the HP touchpad. That's a perfect example. You know, if you if you, you know, imagine that that was something that came out of China, it's a similar, you know, it's a it's a similar situation where you have a nice piece of hardware running an operating system that's not Android and it took a lot of people a lot of time, you know, because they had to figure out okay, how do we get into, you know, is there some sort of recovery um recovery mode and then figuring out how to inject code that lets them run cyanogen mod or um clockwork mod like it i i think that unless somebody's done it for you you're probably out of luck um assuming that you don't have any you know any programming or hacking skills uh yet yourself right you got any thoughts on this joey before we move on i i agree that it's unlikely that it's a completely blank phone there's got to be something on there um if it's completely and totally wiped and there is nothing at all it makes me think that there may be some sort of a problem with the device because even the lowest level devices I'm aware of come with something on some uh, firmware or something. Yeah. Um, in, I, I don't know. I've never even heard of a device. And with let me, I should say too, that English isn't our buddy's first language. So we may be losing something in his translation of what he's thinking in his head. Like there, we, he may not be finding the right words, so when he says blank, it may be like factory reset, you know, like that kind of blank, not how we're thinking like this is blank, <laughs> you know. So uh, it would be good to get some more information. I'm sure once he hears this, he'll he'll write back or, or something. But if it is a stock, oh, you know, uh, if it is a stock Android phone uh, and you are looking to ROM it, my suggestion would be Cyanogen Mod. It's probably the best known custom ROM out there. Depending um, on what version of Android you want, because there's, true. I think there's, I'm personally more of a fan of the Vicious, uh, Vicious Jelly Bean ROM than the CM10. Even though I'm using CM10 on my Prime, uh, I don't know. Vicious seems a lot more stable. Plus, CM10 is still unofficial nightly builds, which may be why, but. It, it depends if you want ICS or gingerbread, <laughs> even or uh, jelly bean. Yeah, Cyanogenmod Seven, which is gingerbread, uh, which is Android two point three point something, uh, usually point four or higher. Uh, that's a very stable Cyanogenmod. Um, right. You know, and and anything running ice cream sandwich is not quite as stable at this time. Uh, well, no, ice cream sandwich should be pretty stable. Here, ICS jelly is stable, bean. jelly bean not so much. Uh, what, Eric? Um, I was just going to say, I know that Hassan asked for websites. Um, I think just a few to throw out there, Roots Wiki, XDA developers, and then specifically for this question, um, if you Google uh, Google Group Android Porting, uh, P-O-R-T-I-N-G, yes. there's a really good um, Google Group which is specifically geared towards porting Android to devices that are not AOSP, you know, Nexus 
or Panda board devices. So that's a really good resource if you have questions or you want to, you know, maybe ask some people who are a little bit more familiar with that process than we are. Yeah, and and definitely like like Eric just said, I mean, ask the question there. These these sites he threw out, they're more forums. I mean, they're full websites, but uh, the main community is in the forums. And search first because. <laughs> They're not very kind or forgiving uh, if you're asking questions that have already been discussed or answered at length. So make sure you search first. When you don't find it, then you know find whatever forum is pertinent to what you're trying to figure out and just ask the question there. You'll get people much smarter than us uh, answering them. So, all right, uh, moving on. I I kind of wanted. I was hoping Seth was here for this, but we can mention it now and then we'll come back if he decides to join us. Uh, we got some updates coming out. 4.1 Jelly Bean getting pushed out to the Samsung Galaxy S3. Uh, none of you guys have one, right? It was just Seth that actually had the, the S3. Do you have one, Shane? No, I'm still on the Nexus. Okay. And the update's only for the international version right now, so... Right. Um, so he may... I have the international version here. Did you get the update? You have an S3? Um. Yeah, I have an S3. I haven't gotten... I haven't checked for the update... Um, just cause I, I'd have to probably use keys in order to get it. All right. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I've, I've, I probably want to check to make sure that I can still root it and that it's not going to do anything weird in that regard. Cause I kind of like the setup that I have now with ice cream sandwich. Yeah. And, and what their Samsung is saying that, uh, if, if you are on ICS, assuming you didn't, you know, root or unlock your your S3, uh, they say that it's going to be the update will be faster, more responsive, thanks to Project Butter, and it will also deliver an intuitive new user interface, complete with Google Now. Uh, some other features, if you're not already on a Jelly Bean version, like most of us here are, you'll see the uh, Easy Mode, which allows quick access to your most used widgets blocking mode for screening calls, a pause function for the camera, and enhanced pop-up play function. A lot of this stuff, uh, the what I really like is the what they've added. I mean, we've talked about Jelly Bean when we first started messing with it, but Google Music or Play Music, when it's playing, I love the notification. It'll It'll be right in there. You can pop back and forth between songs. You can open it up, and it's also on the lock screen like it it's everywhere you would need quick access to it they did that really well so i'm, you know, I'm definitely sorry digging quick it. aside uh, speaking of ice cream sandwich briefly i think i just came up with the ultimate name for a custom ice cream sandwich rom i'll wait for it am i gonna have neapolitan to... <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> and if you don't get that consult your local good humor ice cream truck yes choco did they mention did they mention if the if the Jelly Bean update fixes that TouchWiz bug that came out? The what bug? Are you talking about the the one that'll reset your phone and and everything? Yeah, that supposedly I was doing some reading on that, and so let's let's move on and talk about that then. Um, there, this bug came out a while ago, and. So main sites like NBC News, that's the one I'm I'm reading from here. They kind of hyped it up to be something that it's really not. Um so uh from NBC News, they're saying the the headline is of course, <laughs> Samsung phones vulnerable to factory reset hack. 
da 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 da. Oh no! Uh, one Every simple phone's vulnerable to a factory reset hack. All you have to do is reset the thing. To Ant Pruitt facepalm <laughs> in yeah. the chat. Thank you, Ant. Uh, one simple line of code embedded on a web page can trigger a factory reset or lock the SIM card on top of the line Samsung phones. Uh, at the Echo Party Security Conference in Buenos Aires, Argentina last week, Technical University of Berlin researcher Ravi Borkenorgor demonstrated how a text message, NFC connection, or a QR code could cause an Android running f- or an Android phone running Samsung's proprietary TouchWiz interface uh, to undergo a data loss without warning. Uh, the researcher said the exploitable flaws lie in the way the Galaxy S3 and other Samsung phones with TouchWiz use unstructured supplementary service data to communicate with application servers. If sent to a web page with the malicious code uh, star two seven six seven star three eight five five pound, so you have that embedded in a frame or something, the phone will revert to its factory settings. Manually browsing to the web page, however, will not activate the code. So basically, there's a glitch in here somewhere, and they're saying it's in TouchWiz, and we'll get to the other side of that from Android Police. They say it's inherent in Android itself. But basically, you can put in commands to the dialer, like uh, Verizon used to do it for the ERL downloads to update your phone for roaming and stuff like that. You do star six, seven, pound one or pound two or whatever. So what this is doing is your, your phone goes to it. It auto, it uses the, a command that opens up the dialer and then automatically puts those numbers in and dials it. So you're not, you don't do anything. It, it does it all automatically like that. Uh, they say that some readers of the, uh, the Next Web reported that mobile version of Chrome did not allow the code to execute. Uh, they also reported that Samsung Galaxy S2, S3, S Advanced, the Ace, and the Beam are also vulnerable to the security flaw. Uh, different TouchWiz-enabled phones may be affected differently. In some phones, the code might trigger a factory reset, but in others, it could cause the SIM card to lock out the legitimate user. Uh, so then Android police, uh, let me see. This came out. They, they have an update. Uh, right. That's what I got here. Uh, they say that the exploit is also fixed in jelly bean as well. So any device running 4.1 should be safe. Uh, but they're saying that there's a lot of misinformation floating around about this alleged exploit on Samsung phones. Uh, that allowed the entire device to be wiped from the browser using what's called a USSD code. Uh, basically, a bit of Android intent code cleverly placed in a web page can call up your dialer and insert a code that wipes the whole device, uh, all without you ever confirming everything. Uh, they say, unfortunately, everyone, ourselves included, kind of jumped the gun on this without consulting the experts first, and things are more complicated than we thought. It's always good. Uh, some outlets are reporting that this glitch affects the Samsung Galaxy S3, uh, like the AT&T version here in the U.S., but our own evidence suggests otherwise. They have a stock, and there's a video here we'll link to in the show notes at taggingtheandroids.com. Uh, they have a stock AT&T Galaxy S3 on the latest OTA update, and it doesn't work. The exploit doesn't work, which is where the, the Jelly Bean update comes in to fix that. 
Uh, they know for certainty that an update to the unlocked international version, uh, an ice cream sandwich patch, an incremental patch, was that 03, 4.03, or 4.04? I think it was one of those. Uh, that was issued some time ago. Address this exploit as well. Uh, what we do know is that every variant of the S3 in the U.S. received very similar OTA d- updates in the last few weeks. So if the exploit isn't working in most recent AT&T OTA, it's probably fair to assume the same fixes were contained in all three other carriers' updates. Uh, so, yeah. It well, looks- guy, it sounds like there's two different things going on here. Um, one is that there is a code that you can put into all these phones that will wipe or um, sim lock them. Right. If what Android Police is, is seems to be indicating is that that's not what is being patched right now, or that's not what was patched in Android. What was patched in Android and subsequently Jelly Bean was um, auto-executing those codes from a browser. So Right, and it, it sounded it, like the other one was saying that was just TouchWiz happening, but it, I don't know. Do you think it's... Well, I think that particular code might just be TouchWiz. Right, um, and then... And then for HTC, okay. it's a different code, but if... What, even if you're on Jelly Bean, from what I'm reading, it doesn't sound like if if you if uh, let's say that um, let's say Samsung did not patch that that code still works. It sounds like yeah, Android may have patched it to where it doesn't automatically launch out of a browser. But if somebody was you know being a jerk and they punched it into your phone, if it wasn't patched in TouchWiz, then it would still it would still wipe it. Right, because what they're saying here is that it's not even a Samsung issue, strictly speaking. It's an Android one that has been known for ages, and manufacturers have been extremely slow to patch it. Nexus devices seem unaffected, but any unpatched device could be vulnerable from any manufacturer. If the correct USSD code was pasted in place of the Samsung one, that has been widely reported this morning. So if you find this, this could work on anything, assuming you know the right code and that phone, you can trigger this auto dialer function through the command. So, so I guess is this is this code legitimate? This star two seven six seven etc. Is that a legitimate code? And people are just using it in a bad way by um, putting it on websites to where it auto launches, or is the code itself bad? And it's just made worse by the fact that you can, you know, automatically launch it from a browser. I think that's what doesn't personally and and who knows. But personally, it sounds to me that it's there's a little glitch that triggers auto dialing. These codes are legit for a specific purpose. If you yourself need to, you know, wipe your device when you put the two together, there's your exploit payload auto dial wipe. You know, sounds awesome. I know, right? Totally awesome, I, bro. Totally. Like, yeah, I can't imagine what the like. Otherwise, you have to actually have physical. You have to actually hold the phone into the code, and otherwise, which would seem it wouldn't matter at that point because you could do anything with the phone if you had it. Right. Anyway, I wonder, I wonder if those codes are. I wonder if those codes exist for iPhones. Too. I'm more curious if maybe the codes say you locked yourself out of your phone and you can't get to the dialer. If maybe these codes bypass that, wipe the phone so that you can start over. Does that oh, sound? I, I don't know. That's the only other thing I can think of. But you ever you ever visit like um, computer help forums and somebody asks a really dumb question and they and somebody else says, "Oh yeah, it's really easy. Just go open up your command prompt, Alt F4, type in format C, <laughs> right." 
<laughs> like maybe that's what or, this one or back being. in windows like, 98 <laughs> when you could cause the con con crash where you'd open up run type slash con slash con and it would just blue screen you make a little batch file that sends it to the network and all of them blue screen that the, that was the good old days <laughs> it was a DOS See, program that you'd run uh it was a joke it gave you a fake uh command prompt and then when you type something it would say bad command or file name and you type something else it would say bad command or file name and then you type something else and it would say formatting c <laughs> nice say, no and it would go formatting c 0 1 2 3 it would count it up until 100% and then it went you know you're just going ah! and um then it went in it would say haha got you a joke from xyz yeah, now yeah. go change your underwear and it's like <laughs> Oh, funny. That's, that's Thank good you. Stuff. I think I actually used that. Uh, I remember that. That's awesome. So in closing here, uh, and back to the NBC article, there they say, The apparent flaw in the TouchWiz interface highlights an inherent problem in the way Android is distributed and marketed. <sighs> like, what? What does this have any... Wow, guys. Wow. Uh, and I'm each... sure there's a reset code for Windows Phone. Each new piece of... iPhone. Of course. And the Blackberries, the three oh, yeah. people that still use them. Uh, each new piece of code added by phone makers and wireless carriers to Google's stock Android alters the security situation, with the result often being the introduction of hidden vulnerabilities. Oh, <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. Yeah, oh. The mainstream press is so terrible. Isn't technology. it amazing? <laughs> yeah, there's an inherent vulnerability. Everyone must die if they use their phone. I know. From reading this article, it is clear to us that there is an inherent problem with your journalistic integrity. <laughs> yeah. Next. Well, I'm sure, yeah, probably somebody who got the iPhone three days all early. The journalism awards. Yeah, yeah. What both of you guys said. Yes. Well, I think I, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the other side and say that I think that they bring up a good point, which is that when Samsung, HTC, when they add all this crap, and they're you know it's not it's not looked at by the community, and it's a lot of times it seems like it's really kludged together that they are probably introducing a lot more um, security vulnerabilities that's a, that's, to just that's stock not, Android. But that's not inherent in, in adding to Android, right? They could you, they could just as easily say they harden Android before they add their own stuff. Yeah, they're just, making it sound like any time you commit changes, you're opening up mad vulnerabilities and holes. Not well, technically, that's potentially true. Well, yeah, but yeah. it's potentially true that iOS six um, create a whole bunch of new security holes because it's brand new and. Uh, we know Apple doesn't do a lot of great real world testing. <laughs> it's just a non it's just a fluff statement. It's a broad fluff <laughs> statement made to get clicks. It's click. Well, you know, it also you could know be that said that Apple you know any computer running like Windows Whoa. is inherently vulnerable. Whoa. What? Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Um did you see uh, out of the Detroit Free Press here that Apple is being accused of swiping some designs, uh, the clock yeah. in particular. Uh, I, I think I think accused is the wrong word. I think caught. Caught <laughs> red-handed. Because <laughs> it's I so ridiculously odd. 
th- this one is just hilarious to me because it combines two or three of my th- my favorite things: the technology, Swiss. bashing on Apple, and trains. And the Swiss. Um, no, I'm not. Well, well, Swiss cheese is fine. Swiss um, Miss, hot chocolate. Swiss Miss. Oh, come Swiss on. Miss. Come Forgot on. about the Swiss Miss and yes, yodeling. Like Swiss. Also yodeling. <laughs> uh, not so big on yodeling. Not so big on Ricola either. Yeah, um, me neither. Yeah. Re- all right. Uh, Switzerland's National Rail Company accused Apple on Friday of stealing the iconic look of its station clocks for the iOS 6 OS uh, used by iPhone and iPad. Both designs have a round clock face with black indicators, except for the second hand, which is red. You know who else uses that design? Every single clock in every single classroom in every single school I've ever been to. But there but, are some specific traits. Of course. Uh, the clock does not have any numbers. It only has hash marks. And the second hand is not only red, but it has this round dot on the end of the second hand that is very, I don't want to say unique, but very... Iconic? Yes. Trade, it, it, it's very uh, recognizable, let me sure, put it that way. sure. And the the one from I mean, if you put a picture of a Swiss railway clock and then you set it right next to the to the uh, the default clock for the iOS six, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking back and forth and I'm going, whoa! It's I mean, identical. I mean, there's we'll put oh, yeah. links to this in the show notes at techintheandrews.com. But the picture here, like they they are identical. But oh, yeah. is that something that they had patented or is that just poor it taste? Because this is this design was pioneered by this rail company, Swiss Federal Railways, back in 1944. Like, hey, Apple, <laughs> what, Shane? Well, they license it out. They ha- they do this all the time. Right, right. Apple just didn't do it. They stole it and didn't do it. And they my got guess, caught. if I had to hazard a guess, uh, seriously, Apple guys, they punched into Google or Bing or whatever uh, old clock design. And they got this, and because they found out that it was a Swiss railway clock thing from the 40s, they said, oh, this isn't valid anymore. It's not patented. It's not. Well, Eric, looks like it's just me and you. (laughs) Oh, baby. There's a crash. Fantastic. We'll be back in a moment. I'm sure (laughs) Joey's. I'm like, I thought Joey dropped. I know. I can only hope. Joey, Joey, calm down. Take a breath. Joseph. Joseph. Okay, we're back. That was Crash Numero Uno, if you're keeping track at home. So, what were you saying, Joey? <laughs> I, was, I was saying that my guess is that uh, the boys at Apple Googled uh, old clock, uh, right. found Image a search. picture of this Swiss railway clock, figured, oh, heck, it's 70 years old. No one's using this anymore. And then they just punched it into iOS, only to find out that, oh, great, Swiss laws are different than ours, and they can still have it trademarked and copyrighted. They probably saw that it was the Swiss, and they're like, is the Swiss really going to mess with us? I mean, come on. Come on. No way. I I think Apple built their own image search to compete with images.google.com, and it just sucks and didn't tell Uh, us information. That you could be onto something. Is this the ultimate hipster move, ripping off a clock from 1944? Well, no. What, 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 Way to the innovate, guys. Move. Way to innovate. 
you know, the ultimate hipster move will be in the next uh, 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 Mac OS update. Instead of having this little thing down at the bottom, it'll have a Swiss Army knife that you have to open. Oh, that would be cool. Uh, no, I'm fairly certain that I, the next iteration of iBooks will just have a Gutenberg press, and every time you turn the page, it'll it'll go through and just print it. Rip off this, sucker. <laughs> the ultimate when, when, when you boot it up, there's, there's like right. this ancient harp playing or something. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Uh, so they, the uh, spokesman for the Swiss Federal Railways, he says, we're proud that this icon of clock design is being used by a globally successful company. We are waiting for our money. Some of that Apple money. Hell yeah. And we will take that out in iPads donated for every locomotive engineer. Right, as they send them back and ask for Nexus 7s. <laughs> um, this guy, uh, Rito Corman, he said to the AP that Apple had not asked permission before doing this, so... Uh, we've approached Apple, he says, quote, and told them that the rights for this clock belong to us. Uh, Croman said SBB would seek an amicable agreement with Apple that could see the clock design used in return for a license fee, just like Shane said. Uh, Apple's public relations offices in Germany and Switzerland did not respond to repeated calls and emails requesting comment. So... What do you think? Maybe they can take some of that Samsung money and just kind of put it into their Swiss bank accounts where they the Swiss can then garnish it or something? I don't know. Well, well I was thinking newsflash. The uh, Apple ripped somebody off, got caught, and they don't want to talk about it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, what could you say to that? Like, yeah, we did. You want to make something of it? Uh, no, it's not clearly an infringing product. I, I can just see Apple being the big bully on the block and being like, you want us to wipe your iPad? Huh? I'll wipe it. I'll wipe it right now. I'll wipe your iPhone, too. You know Matt Honan? Yeah, I wiped it. You want me to wipe yours? You wipe mine, I'll wipe yours. It'll be fun. Does this look like a regular clock? Like a circle? No, it's yeah. a square. I'm looking for it. Well, I'm just saying, they, they have the patent on... Any rounded corners and a circle is basically a giant rounded <laughs> that corner. That is a fantastic point, Eric. Very large. The square of very large. Here, I'll, oh, I, yeah, I but, this, but this clock would prove his prior art. Swatch. Do you remember Throw Swatch? I used to love those when I was a kid. Yeah, All I'm right. just glad they, the, the swatches didn't come from Croatia. Mm-hmm. Because why? It would be a crotch. But... <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, uh, moving on. In (laughs) in other Samsung news, we got a bit of that this evening. Uh, Did you guys hear Samsung is putting their toes into the mobile browser area, perhaps? Uh, I don't know if this is a rumor or if this has been really confirmed, but uh, it's interesting. I mean... Samsung should be focusing more on the the few things that they're doing that are really good. You know, making hardware. I, I don't feel like software is something that they really. I don't know why. Why? Why do you need to mess with software? This is going to come. Uh, Chrome is being pushed out as default on some of the newer phones. Uh, remember back when it was beta, it was ICS only. Uh, it's on the Razer M, the Razer HD, on the Galaxy Camera, Samsung's uh, Galaxy Camera. 
but it's, it, it's all WebKit based, just like Chrome. Uh, if you guys don't know, WebKit's open source software at the core of many mobile and desktop browsers like Chrome and Safari. Uh, and they say that Samsung has recruited several WebKit professionals in order to accelerate its browser efforts. Uh, the project is said to be based out of the Samsung Information Systems America R&D Center down there in good old Silicon Valley. Uh, Android Central, they say it's uh, fairly noteworthy, but not a big, not as big of a deal as you might think. Uh, because, like I said, Google's been pushing Chrome out as default for Android for a while now. Uh, Samsung has already shown that it wants to foster its own ecosystem rather than relying on Google's competing uh, Samsung and Google services are, are numerous. The Music Hub versus Play Music, Video Hub versus Play Videos and TV, uh, Samsung Apps versus Play Store. So, it, but shouldn't they be embracing that? Like, why are they trying to compete with it? Like, do you know that that's Android? I don't get money? the I don't get the browser one. So, because but do you get the other ones too? Do those seem like good yeah, yeah, direction I, I of resources? Yeah, well, they make TVs, right? And they make sound systems. So you want right? You, you think Samsung would be making sure that you can take content on your phone? And transmit all your other uh, Samsung devices. Rather than relying on a Google service to do that for you. Yeah, I can see that because sure. you, you sell the other part of the component. I don't understand what the browser, like, I, I don't know. The browser just, I'm, I mean, I, I hope people use Chrome because they use it on a desktop and then they realize they can use it on their phone. Oh, Chrome is great, especially when you use it. Like, I have it on all these desktops. I can open up a browser page that I was looking at here on anywhere and on my tablet, on my phone. Like when you're in that ecosystem, it's super handy. I, I don't okay, know. I find hold it... on a second. First of all, I I don't buy that. Is that is a huge feature because there is a major flaw with it. Well, it's not really a major flaw, but it's something you have to know if with the tab use... thing. No, the Chrome syncing type idea. Yeah, yeah, with the with the with syncing tabs and stuff. Yeah, the, the, there's no the, the, there's not an inherent problem with it, but here's the glitch. If you're in an environment like, for instance, uh, most of the people that go to work in America are stuck. Well, maybe not most, but many of the people that are uh, are stuck in an IT environment where where they have to use Internet Explorer, some version they're in, and they don't have the ability to use Chrome. So if you're relying on Chrome Sync for your passwords and your bookmarks and your tabs, what happens when you have to cross that platform? Well, they should be using portable apps version of Chrome, and there's problem solved. Is yeah, that's, that, that, that whole IE lock-in, though, that's going away. It is going away, but it's not going away fast it's enough. It's going away kicking and screaming is where. Yeah. And and you also have people, and I know people like this, so don't tell me I'm wrong on this one. You're wrong. That they don't understand that there is another web browser. They see Internet Explorer, and they say, oh, that's the Internet. Honest to God, that's the reaction. Yeah, I don't know if I told this story on, on this show or on Yats, but back in the day when I used to fix computers, it got to the point where people, I actually renamed Chrome Internet Explorer and changed the Chrome icon to the blue E. Because people would not use it. They, they were so ingrained in clicking that blue E that and we, we needed them to use Chrome. Like they, it, they would always just mess up yep. their stuff on IE. So, and that started working. Like it worked really well. Yep. You just deleted IE from anywhere they would find it and yep. fake them out with you know, changing the icon, changing the name, and problem solved. 
Yep. And 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 that's unfortunately you get more people that are like that locked into the blue e than 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 not. And um, how so does statistics bear that out anymore? Maybe so, not so much it, nowadays, right? But right, so um, work, work environments where people may not have access to you know install their own apps, i.e., does really well. But yep. for home machines. Well, sure. I think well, for that, one thing, people are using more and more mobile mobile things anyway. IE is not there, so I don't think that's true. That the common, I mean, I, Chrome has really good uh, home market pen, penetration. Yep, I think it does have really good home market penetration, but I also think that it is not a universal solution. So let me just, before we go off on too far of a tangent on this, let me just tell you what I do. I use a pair of services called LastPass and Xmarks. Uh, uh, Xmarks got bought out by LastPass when they went through bankruptcy, so they're now one company. You can buy them together. You can get the promo. You can get the uh, the professional version. So which, you're doing, um, you're syncing, you're taking all your passwords and your bookmarks with you in this yes. safe of sorts, this digital yep. safe locker that that keeps it secure and all that. Correct. That's a good and idea. It works on Internet Explorer. It works on Firefox. It works on right. Chrome. It's going to do it anything. Safari, it's not browser it dependent. On, yeah, and it works on Mac, Linux, and Windows. Or platform dependent. Very cool. And compatible with Google Authenticator for for uh, two factor authentication. Yep. Which everybody and also, uh, compatible with the um, uh, what's that um, thing that Steve Gibson talks about on Security perfect, Now? Help uh, me out here, Matt. Perfect password thingy. No, the um, YubiKey. YubiKey, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it yeah, also yeah. it also works with the YubiKey um, for LastPass unlocking, and it and you for if you buy the professional version, you can get it for your mobile device too. Um, but it doesn't work really well on the mobile device. To be honest with you, I haven't tried it. Um, I do so little web browsing uh, on the, uh, the 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 phone, as it were, that for me, it's just not worth bothering with. Um, hey but, Shane, yeah, huh? I yeah. was gonna say just real quick. If you download Dolphin Browser, it has a LastPass plugin that right. that works just like it's just like it works on a regular browser, like on a desktop. And the latest updates of Dolphin have been solid. I, I'm still using Chrome, Indeed. but if if I'm just like if I want to read an article real quick and it asks me Chrome or Dolphin, like I'll usually use Dolphin just because it loads it a, a bit faster. Do you think it's faster because it's a mammal? It might be. It might be. I think it may also be faster because it's in water, and the dolphin is aeronomically designed to move in water. So, it, so, so would it be fair to say that you're a big fan of the dolphin? I, I am a big fan of the dolphin. I'm not a blowhard, but I am a big fan. Yeah. Uh, so to wrap this up, uh, the, the Samsung browser thing, they say that it's possible Samsung might be developing its browser from the ground up based on WebKit, though the article is light on technical details. Uh, what we think is more likely is that we'll find Samsung's own S browser based upon the speedy stock Jellybean browser made available alongside Chrome on future Samsung Android handsets. So it'll, it'll be interesting so to see where they go with it. Here's a suggestion. Uh, quit working on this stupid crap and just patch TouchWiz. <laughs> <laughs> or start digging the grave that TouchWiz will eventually be laid to rest I, in. I have a question for you guys. Does all this finagling that uh, Samsung does and, you know, uh, I guess HTC still, does it force you to just want to go with a Nexus device only? Because 
I hate Touchwood as compared to Sock Android. I mean, personally, I've never really messed with it. Droid, the Droid and the Droid X were the only two devices I used before this Galaxy Nexus, and I've just been rooting and roming ever since. So I, I don't really, I don't know. I have a very, a very small amount of patience when it comes to that stuff on my device. So I, more out of principle than than anything else, I think I just get it off of there uh, as quickly as I can. And the devices run so much better. I mean, even even the Transformer Prime, when I got the Asus ICS off of there, like, and they allowed you to disable most of that stuff. It just, it runs so much smoother. I, I don't know, man. It, it's weird. I don't, I really hate TouchWiz, um, which is why, like, I, I don't even think I lasted an hour with, with TouchWiz <laughs> on my S3. Nice. Uh, it, I lasted just long enough uh, for Nova Launcher to download, right? And then um, because I'm an, because I do Nova Launcher Prime, like I was able to hide all of the applications that they don't let me uninstall. So I'm it. It feels like I'm running stock, um, but honestly, I mean, in the future, I think that I'm probably only going to buy Nexus devices or Asus devices um, that are close enough to stock that it it doesn't you know bother me. All right, uh, before we do some app picks, there's a few other stories I did want to get to. Uh, you posted, I, I don't know if this was Eric or Shane or Joey even, uh, the Galaxy Nexus 2, some more uh, images leaked. Who who posted this in the doc? I did. Eric. Eric. Right. Is, is this really a, a big improvement? And I know it's still early, That it's still Rumorsville, uh, but what we're seeing here... Uh, better camera, pretty much same size, I, I think. Um, should people be getting excited for this? Plus, keep in mind, if you're on the Galaxy Nexus, the original one, you may, like myself, be clinging on to your grandfathered-in unlimited data plan, which means that there's there needs to be something just so much more than what I'm on now to make me want to upgrade because I'll take this phone to the grave. You know, there there's, I can't see them improving much on anything. That's going to make me want to give up my data, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even think we know for sure that this is the galaxy Nexus two. Sure. Um, sure. I don't, because what they're, what they're basing it on is the, um, uh, what's the what's the word for it? The model number, so GT dash I ninety two sixty. Yeah, the serials. Yeah, so I mean, it, they're assuming because the original I think was ninety two fifty, that ninety two sixty is the Galaxy Nexus two, uh, but we have no idea, and it's all it's all speculation. I think the this is just sort of a neat story, just in that it shows you that there is so much, there's there are so many people looking and waiting for these Android phones that they're scanning Picasa images for model numbers. Not only like, does Picasa do the great hell? facial recognition, but it also does phone recognition, and that is solid. It's all in the EXIF data. Right. And I have to say, side note, I downloaded Picasa, the actual desktop app, for the first time in a few years uh, the other week. That's a great application. Man, I love sort of... Picasa. I've been using that thing forever now because I, I use the, the Picasa web albums. Like that was my photo gallery yeah. after I, I ditched my own gallery install. 
And that program is just amazing. You can just, I mean, all the parties we did for the other show, uh, all my hikes, like you can go through a batch of like a hundred photos, clean them all up. And as you're doing it, upload them to this web album. I don't know. I, I love the flow of how that all works. It's, it's solid. The two photo programs that I use and, and recommend almost exclusively are, uh, Picasa and the GIMP. Um, in between those two, I think you can do pretty much anything. Well, not anything, but the vast majority of what an ordinary person would ever want to do with their photos. Yeah, and the GIMP, if you guys don't know, it's an open source Photoshop, basically. But yeah, yeah between those two, it, it, the only thing I would really use that for is like real, you know, granular imagery sizing. I mean, for everything else, Picasso pretty much does it. Uh, it it's good stuff. They've uh, they've done a great job. Yep. So uh, they say that they're looking at more evidence. This is from uh, Android Authority uh, that shows us the Galaxy Nexus Two is in testing. Uh, GSM Arena shows a photo uploaded to Picasso on September nineteenth from the Samsung GT i ninety two sixty. And like you said, according to the XF info on the image, the camera of the device features a f two dot six five aperture and four millimeter focal length. Uh, it's similar to the one found in the S2. Uh, and also, the images reveals a portion of an Excel window with a table listing Bluetooth specs for something. But there's nothing interesting that can be made out. Uh, they say it supposedly uh, is going to feature 4.65 Super AMOLED HD that's found on the predecessor. Cortex A9 dual core running at 1.5. Uh, which is compared to the 1.2 or 1.8, depending on which kernel you're running on your hacked GeneX. I know that faux kernel runs 1.8 gigahertz really nicely. Uh, and then uh, micro SD support, of course. Uh, they're expecting it to be Jelly Bean also, of course, uh, out of the box. So we'll keep an eye on that as it develops. If uh, if the camera is similar to the one found on the S2, isn't that kind of disappointing? That's, you would that's think. like a that that phone's a year and a half old. I know, right? Actually, I think the S2 had better optics than the Galaxy Nexus. Really? I love the picture. Yeah, but the S2 I never had the S2. No, no, no. Yeah, the S2 is a better camera. Um but that's still a step backward. Like they they should do more to catch up. I love the fact it has quick shutter speed, but it doesn't take pictures at all in low light. Yeah, well, that's that's true, but I don't know. Find me a camera phone that does, you know. Uh, well, so the S3 is pretty great in low light, really. Yeah, no, it's a great phone. It is a great camera. Nice. I was very, very impressed. All right, uh, we have some Motorola. Uh, real quick, they they changed, made some changes to his firmware update timeline. Uh, looks some ICS updates have been delayed, while others that were once promised are now undergoing evaluation. So if you're uh, on any of these Motorola devices, I'll, I'll read off a couple, but we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. Uh, the Atrix 4G and 2 were going to get ICS in quarter three, but have been updated to, quote, further plans coming soon. <laughs> what does that mean? Who knows? Uh, the Droid Zyboard 8.2's ICS update was pushed back from Q3 to Q4. Uh, the Zoom Family Edition will also have to wait till Q4 for ICS. Uh, and then there's a few more, but you can check it out. Uh, they're saying no sign of Jelly Bean for anything aside from the Wi-Fi Zoom. Uh, we already know it's coming to the Razer M and HD, but that's the extent at the moment. 
So, just disappointing news, Motorola. <laughs> I mean, come Why on. Why would they spend any time getting ICS to work? Jelly Bean's not that radically different. Right? Like, we're, we're busy making a browser. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, the interesting link bait story about uh, on ZDNet here. Many Android owners plan Exodus to the iPhone. This was a, a, a funny little survey of 600 smartphone owners by the research firm Ask Your Target Market. <laughs> uh, it suggests that a significant number of Android owners are planning to jump ship and buy an iPhone over the next six months. Of the 40% that admitted to owning an Android, it's so dirty. Why would you admit anything like that? Uh, 22% said they were going to make the switch to the iPhone within the next six months, while 73% were going to buy a new Android handset. I'd be interested to see, like, what phone these people are on. It's a bunch of, like, Droid Eris users that are like, God, I hate Android. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the phone sucked. I mean, come on. Uh, iPhone users, it seems, are a lot more loyal. Of the 23% that owned up to owning an iPhone, only 9% said they were planning to defect to Android, while 87% were going to buy another iPhone in the next six months. So so what's the missing 4%? Is uh, Blackberry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People that are going off the grid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Uh, let's see. Anything else we want to cover? iOS six versus Android Jelly Bean. Any anyone care about that? It's, they're they're identical, except we have Google now, and you don't. So there. Yeah, right. We have better maps and better maps. <laughs> hey, how's your maps? I don't know. I'm still lost. <laughs> Ask me <laughs> next week. <sighs> A funny article here out of PC Mag saying that developers cling to iOS while fragmentation hurts Android. Does it? Does it really, guys? I, I think it really is that iPhone users spend more money than Android users, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. I, I'm a developer, and I'm not convinced that if I if Android users were buying apps at twice the rate that they buy iPhone apps, that developers wouldn't figure out a way to get around fragmentation. Can I go out on a limb here and say that maybe... I shouldn't even say it. That maybe it's because the majority of Apple users are homosexual and that we know that homosexuals have more disposable incomes than regular, not regular, excuse me, that's terrible, than heterosexuals do. You should just stop right now. I should, right. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just saying, generally... Gays have more of a disposable income than straights, and so they would take that. I just want to disavow ourselves. I'm just saying. Google it. Google it. I don't know what the hell you're reading. I'm not hating. (laughs) No, listen. Now of Matt driving a a Toyota Prius, holding a rainbow. I'm not hating whatsoever. All I'm saying is that because the gays don't have to deal with women, they have more money. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. No, was that worse? No. Okay, here that we go. You see, now, this, this is where this is coming from. This is a frustrated straight man. Not right? at all. That's I'm not, where that's coming from. Not this at all. It has nothing to do with iPhone. My love life is A-OK. Don't even worry about it. So here's yeah, a question. Okay. If you had disposable income, would you buy the wiki pad? I might. <laughs> that thing looks cool. I might buy one without having disposable income. Did you see this thing? 
What is it? it? It's a it's a it five like a giant Game Gear. It does. It's a five hundred picture a a Game Gear, but with a, an Android tablet in the middle instead of that little crappy screen. It, it's cool, man. I think I don't know. I like that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw. But that. it's a five hundred dollar Android gaming tablet. It's called the WikiPad. Yeah. Uh, I want one. I I don't know. I I would like does, one. Does it come with? Does the five hundred dollar include the uh, a, a the kiss? controller? Oh yeah, I, I would imagine it's the whole thing. I, I would be really Shit. angry if it was not. Uh, it's a detachable game controller. Uh, like I said, it's called the WikiPad. Um, let's see. The Nexus Seven they say has a capable Tegra Three, but how do you plan to play serious games on its seven-inch screen? That's a great question. With HDMI e- out. Even <laughs> right. <laughs> even if your thumbs are dexterous enough to work the capacitive touchscreen, you'll be blocking part of the image with your hands. You could buy a wireless Bluetooth controller for the device, but you'd be dealing with a little bit of latency. And more importantly, you'd need to have convenient surface and a ready stand to prop up your tablet at a distance. What WikiPad promises for $500 is a large 10-inch screen you can hold right in front of your face face and intuitively control with your hands thanks to a surprisingly lightweight tablet that balances perfectly inside of an included game controller frame with an xbox 360 like gamepad layout oh i want one so bad in order to achieve the weight of under 560 grams both parts are made primarily of plastic but they feel surprisingly well designed in spite of that uh, so yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool looking, I think. I don't know, if, if you're into Android gaming, this would definitely be something cool to have. Uh, the tablet has a 1.4 gig Tegra 3, a gig of DDR2 RAM, 16 gig storage, also has a micro SD slot, uh, twin cameras with an 8 pixel shooter around back, and space for an optical cellular radio if you want to tack the WikiPad onto your mobile data plan. So, so here's a question. And it has, it looks hold like on, it's gonna have... it also has a 1280 by 800 IPS screen, so. It's pretty. So it looks like this is going to have PlayStation Mobile. It's going to have Google Play. Uh, maybe maybe it'll have OnLive. If you if you had a kid and you had disposable income and you're like, you know what? No, the two I like things don't you. go together. Having a kid and having disposable, <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, this is perfect world. You know what I want to see? I want to see this controller adapter able to accept any kind of tablet. That would be cool. If I can take my existing Transformer Prime and slide it in there and have it adjustable depending on, you know, like that, that would well, be that cool. That would be cool. Someone should make that for me. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Kickstarter oh, no. eat, but yeah, I don't know. It just, looks cool, man. And like what Eric was saying, the, having all of these game oriented. This will be cool when the Ouya comes out. If they do some sort of deal, you know, where you could use this kind of like a Wii U. You know, you can use your your wiki pad as part of a controller for this Ouya console. Now that would be you just blew way my cool. mind. Right? Well, Whose mind just got completely blown? This guy. By the way, Matt, this story reminded me of something if you want to disparage iPhone users again that you could uh, use. I noticed a surprisingly large number of iPhone fanboys and reviewers apparently have extremely small hands because <laughs> they have trouble reaching the other side of the screen on the three and a half inch uh, screen iPhone. I'm like, how do you? 
how do you not be able to like use a three and a half inch screen? I don't know what it is with Apple users that they have tiny little. Maybe things. our hands have evolved larger because we're constantly stretching them to reach across these <laughs> devices. I don't have trouble. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I don't know. Some people just. Well, I, get, I put my phone on my fingers and. <laughs> You know, maybe they put it on their palms. Oh, yeah. Because they're really scared of it dropping. You're holding it wrong, glass. dummy. You're holding it. Wrong. I think they grip it like like this, like they like, and then they your thumb is blocked. Oh, I kind of have. I can, oh, because the iPhone is so slippery. Like on the right. Galaxy Nexus, you can kind of hold it up. And if you hold it, Shane, naturally. Shane, and if you hold it that way, you lose signal. Remember? Oh yeah, it's a death grip. Right. I just balance it on my stomach. Right. No answer. <laughs> like, like I should have it levitate in front of my eyes. That's the iPhone Seven. That's awesome. Aunt Pruitt in the chat says no comment. <laughs> I don't know what he's referring to, but good, good call. All right, and before we do app picks, I just thought this was a little uh, slap in the face. Eric Schmidt coming out and says, you know, it would have been better if Apple kept Google Maps. <laughs> yeah. We we agree, Eric. I, I thought that was pretty amusing. So, all right, at picks for episode fifty-three, Joey, start us off one time. All right, good timing as I was just finishing that cracker. Uh, let's see here, stunt car challenge. This is a freebie from the App Store, uh, the Play Store. Excuse me. Um, does anybody remember that? video game that you used to sit in at the arcade. It had the steering wheel. Yes, and, and you went through all those tracks that were crazy. Oh, with, I love with that. the loopies yes. and everything. Yes. Well, that's kind of what I was hoping this was going to be. It's not quite that, but it's oh. close-ish. Um, it, nice build-up, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> it's now, nothing I like it. This was going to be really awesome, but it kind of sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be better at this app reviewing thing now. Fifty-three episodes, <laughs> you would think. Um, but um, anyway, it, it, it's a fun game. Basically, it's a sideways scroller, um, but you do have some control over the car in terms of you can flip it both frontwards and backwards, and you can you don't have to steer, which is actually kind of nice. Um, and you have to collect coins by going over jumps and around curly cues and whatnot. You're graded based upon the number of coins you get, the number of flips you get, and the number of times you don't blow up. Um, it's quite fun. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's free, ad-supported. Um, I'm not sure if you have to pay to upgrade your car. I haven't found that out yet. They say that you have to do that in the store, but I'm not sure if that's in-game points or if that's actual cash. Um, fun diversion, something to kill some time while you're sitting on a bus or on a plane or something. Um, probably not your hardcore gamer that you're going to sit there for hours and hours and hours on end and play. Right. Well, good, good pick for sure. All right. Uh, stunt car challenge. Thanks, Joey. Eric, what do you got for us? Okay. So you guys may have heard of this. Uh, it's called chameleon launcher. This was a Kickstarter project. Uh, I want to say like back in June, July, um, and basically, if you bought in at the Kickstarter, you got it when it was in beta, but it was just released about a week ago to the general public. It's, uh, it costs $10, which is very steep for a launcher, um, but 
it it has a lot of really neat and interesting features, like uh, multiple home screens that you set up rules on, and the rules can be like when I turn my tablet on, if it is you know if it is past eight a.m. and my GPS location is here, then it should be. Uh, my home screen. If my GPS location is here, it should be my work screen. So you can set up these different, um, wid- you know, these different home screen experience with customized widgets uh, depending on where you are, what time of day it is, and some other things. Um, so it's it's kind of neat. I I think that if you like launchers, if you have ten bucks and you want to get in at the beginning of something that seems to be really cool and has a lot of uh, um, Inertia, you know, uh, a lot of uh, what do you call it? Forward motion. They're developing this momentum. stuff pretty quickly. Momentum. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah, then you should you should get Chameleon Launcher. It's pretty neat. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Shane, what do you got for us? Yeah, just before I want to say that Chameleon Launcher has shows more uh, UI innovation from a couple of Kickstarter guys and the entire corporation of Apple. Um, Word to that. Yeah, so the app I picked is called Car Home Ultra. And for those who used to use Android on 2.2, there used to be a Car Home app that yeah. came with Android. And you, you put it in a dock and then uh, you have it. But for some reason, it only works for 2.2. Uh, even though when you put your your uh, my Galaxy Nexus into the car dock, I get the little icon that says in car mode, but there's no car dock. Anyway, uh, so this app, uh, Car Home Ultra, is... The one I've come to use when I drive, um, you know, gives me quick access to maps, uh, navigation, voice dialer, voice search, and all that. And then, of course, you can add a bunch of a bunch of your own stuff. Has night mode, day mode, and automatically picks it. So you know, um, at night uses a, a, a color that doesn't interfere with your eyes so much. Um, seems pretty stable. I like it that it seems more accurate than the speedometer in my own car. Um, and uh, keeps the weather, works pretty good. And if you drive a lot, um, I think it's worth getting. Car Home Ultra, I think it's like three or four bucks. Yeah, I, mes- I messed with that back when I first, when I had the fake uh, Galaxy Nexus car dock, the one that didn't. I was like, why doesn't this put it into car mode? I was, And so I read up on it, and they said it was something that it, there was a conflict in the, the app or something, and it just crashed, so they got rid of it. It wasn't ready by the time it came out, but I don't know. I thought it was maybe just something with mine. Um, but Car Home Ultra, it was awesome. It was car mode, but like on steroids. It's it's so customizable and crazy what it does. Like it, it's definitely good stuff. Like Shane said, if if you drive for a living, like uh, I do. So, Car Home Ultra. All right, thank you, Shane. Uh, my app pick is a game that a friend of mine. He was. This was one of the the bragging games that my iPad has, but your Android does not. Uh, well, we finally got it on Android, I think a while ago. I just hadn't looked for it uh, lately, but it's called Six Guns. Uh, if you guys see here in the screen, it's a Wild West third-person uh, shooter of sorts. Uh, you can move around and ride horses and shoot guns and do missions, and there's side missions uh, it's just a really cool game if if you like uh, third person or first person shooters. So uh, check it out. It's called Six Guns. It's a Game Loft game and it's free in the Google Play. 
All right. Um, last Yats episode, I started a new bit called Better or Worse. And I want to carry this bit over to AOTA because it, it applies to uh, apps. Basically, uh, oh, oh, uh, Matt, can I interrupt just real quick before you go down that road? Oh, sure. What? You, you got me thinking about the ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. So, yeah, a little quick. And you bought me one update. for my birthday, October 22nd, sent to P.O. Box 3652, Kalispell, Montana, 59903. You're the best. Nope. No pressure. No, no uh, pressure. Yeah, uh, just for anybody that mixed, missed out on the Kickstarter, um, you can pre-order an Ouya uh, from their website, which is Ouya, O-U-Y-A dot TV, O-U-Y-A dot TV, and you can purchase one with a single console with free ship, with free shipping included for one oh nine, two controllers for one thirty nine, um, and that's available now for pre-order. So it doesn't look like they've jacked up the price too much um, from the old Kickstarter days. Look at me. I'm riding a horse. This is my horse. My horse is amazing. All right. Um, Anyway, back to you. you. Better or worse, whenever each week on each episode of Yats and Attack of the Androids now, uh, towards the end, I suppose, we will pick an app. That was updated in the last week, and we will ask the question, better or worse? Uh, I believe on Yats, we chose Facebook, the app, <laughs> and the consensus was worse. <laughs> still still trying. So uh, this week on Attack of the Androids, better or worse, Eric Finkenbeiner, what is the app? The app this week is Google Play Books. Play Books, updated recently. Is it better or worse? I don't I don't think I can express how much better it is. Awesome, it is so right? much better. Much better. Yeah, they um when I was I was trying to decide which ecosystem I wanted to get into for books. Um, you know, there's Amazon, there's Google. I, I don't have an iDevice, so I guess those are the only two. Um but just looking at the at the applications, uh, Kindle had some things that I really liked that Google Play Books didn't. Like you could highlight things, you could add notes, you could uh, look up words automatically in a dictionary just by highlighting them in the book. Um, and that is, those are all the things that Google Play Books added in this last update, oh, which very was like cool. yesterday. Very, very cool. So, so much I, better. It's a, it is a very, very good. Um, e-reader and I, I actually like the way that the pages are laid out better than uh kindle but it's it's personal preference the app itself though was much much better excellent it also does translation i think translations are new too so would it you, does translations would you concur yeah. shane it is better no oh, yeah it's, it's 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 really it's really good cool. um I've actually always liked Google Books almost from the very beginning because um, I just thought I thought it was just uh, I thought it was good. I don't I, Kindle was definitely better, but I thought Playbooks was good. Uh, but this this really makes some pretty big improvements with the notes and um, and being able to do quick definitions and all that. I think they added uh, a different color scheme too, which uh, is a little easier on the eyes and bright white shining in your eyes. If, uh, I think I don't think they had day and night mode before. I think that's new. Oh, they had so, that. I I was they, using that. 
Okay, yeah, the places stuff is pretty cool. It not, you know, yeah, I haven't used the translation. Um, I mean, everything had to read in English, so I mean, well, I don't know what that would do for me. You're but, so cultured. Um, <laughs> yeah, all, all I know is English. Right. I mean, all the, um, I don't think I could get like uh, what's that that uh, Beowulf on here. I don't think it will do anything. Um, yeah, it's oh, it's Sepia definitely, is definitely new. Better. You're right. Sepi, yeah, Sepi is new. All right. Well, good, good choice, good call. Glad to introduce a new bit here and there to uh, our podcast, keeping things fresh, friendly, moving forward. Uh, anything else we want to mention? I think that'll about do it. Did actually, did you guys see the FXI Android powered cotton candy? <laughs> this is so cool. It's a, a PC on a stick, basically, uh, that features an ARM Cortex A9 processor with a Mali 400 graphics. Uh, it's loaded with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, a Giga RAM, USB port, micro USB port, HDMI, and micro SD for up to 64 gigs of storage. It's like that big. It's so And their cool. slogan is, of course, on a stick. On a stick. So check that out. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes at taggingtheunders.com with the rest of the discussing articles that we covered this evening. Uh, and, of course, links to AppPix and all of our individual social networks. If you want to reach out and say hi uh, during the week, uh, check out our, our subreddit over on attackoftheandroids.com slash subreddit. I still post things in there. I don't know if anybody else is, but it's there if you want. Uh, email show at attackoftheandroids.com. Check us out on Google+, on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. We're uh, all over the place. Uh, check out Yats on Wednesdays, and the Buffer Overflow show, as of right now, is on a little hiatus, uh, taking a break. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back with more new episodes of that show as we get around to doing them. So, uh, Matt Lee, quick, for, uh, quick what? Thank what? You for I'm me. ending the show. What? Well, my appearance tonight brought to you partially by Tony the Kitty. Yeah, we see that. Every, yeah. every nerd on the internet has a cat. You're nothing special. Hey, he's special to me. (laughs) I know, I know. That's what every other cat owner says. My cat, total raging bee. Raging bee. All right, uh, leave us a message, 406-204-4687, and we will listen to it. And like I said, if you guys have any rooting, roaming, uh, and any other random Android questions, make sure you give us as much information as possible. That way we can give you as much advice as possible. So, uh, for Tag of the Androids, Matt Lee, Joey Kelly, Shane Brady, Eric Finkenbeiner on the Skypes. Uh, check out our playlist of all the tech shows. There's over like 48 hours of content there, all for free. Just enjoy it, have it, click it, read it, watch it. Uh, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.